This is Junkyard Divas with your hosts, Elizabeth Eppersall and Trevor George. Hey, Junkyard Diva fans, it is Tuesday, and it's a continuation of our Disney series. So let's check in with my co-host, the little Ebersaw herself, Elizabeth. So what's going on with you? Oh, you know. Great. So anyway, I was... (laughs) (sighs) Oh, you know, just getting ready for a big change in my life. Um, I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast yet. I'm making a huge step in my relationship with Aaron. Um, We're moving in together, so I'm getting ready to, you know, pack up my stuff and get all settled in his place. And on up. Yeah, moving on up in the world. So got a lot going on right now. It's been hectic. Well, I'm excited for you. I think it's a step in the right direction. I wholeheartedly agree. What's new with you? Girl, nothing. I have no boyfriend, so I'm not moving in with anybody. (laughs) Uh, Well, for right now, I... Yes. I was going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I move, it's not going to be a boyfriend. It's a friend. But, um, yeah, I'm just living life. Uh, Yeah. Living the dream. You're not gonna fuck. Not, not season two, girl. I can't handle any more <laughs> living the dream. I fucking hate that term so much. You don't have any fucking idea. Because <laughs> you, bitch, that's a that's a wholehearted lie when you would say living the dream. What kind of dream is that, Elizabeth? Yes, it's a meme of how you tell people that you are dying on the inside. Just because I cry myself to sleep every night does not mean I'm dying on the inside. I think that's the definition <laughs> of it. <laughs> Let's move past this because people are going to be concerned for our mental health. <laughs> um, they aren't up until this point. Then they're just as mentally unwell as we are. They're probably listening to this show and they go, mm, the face cracks of the century. <laughs> the junkyard divas. <laughs> you know it. Well, last week was a huge week for us. We had Nina West on. Yes. And she was great. She was. So if you haven't listened to that, it's such a fun, the fun couple episodes and a great way to start our new season. We had such a great time with Nina and expect possibly her to come back. That's all I got to say. Yes. You never know who's going to pop up in the future. Yeah. And you might not realize who might be leaving this show to get replaced by Nina West. You? You're leaving? (laughs) Yeah, girl. (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what would you do if I like just started I didn't even announce that I was leaving and then it was just Nina and you the whole time honestly wouldn't tell the difference just kidding <laughs> fuck you oh this I is think- our Di- we gotta be a little more PC with our Disney series I guess so fuck you your mom's a hoe <laughs> but anyway Liz and I are gonna jump into our show but before we do I just want to ask uh, anything else you want to say before we talk about some Walt Disney and some of his history and his legacy? No, I'm just ready to jump into Disney because, you know, I love me some Disney. 
Is there anything else you want to say before we jump into the Disney stuff, Trevor? No. (laughs) Okay, then let's jump into it. Liz and I are going to discuss a little bit about, well, not a little bit, it's a two-part episode, but we're going to talk about Walt Disney because if we're going to do a Disney series, we got to talk about its creator, Walt Elias Disney. Actually, his full name is Walter Elias Disney. So, Elizabeth, before I give you some facts about him, can you tell me a little bit about what you know about Walt Disney and his legacy and his career and everything? A lot of it I got from that movie that we watched at... Hollywood Studios. Studios. So I know that Mickey Mouse kind of was obviously the big... But, well, hold on. There was one before Mickey Mouse. Do I know his name? No, I don't remember his name. That evolved into kind of like the Mickey Mouse we know. And that was kind of like a comic that he would do, and then it turned into animated stuff with the when they started that. And then... That began the legacy of Disney. Where was Walt Disney born? He was born in Illinois, wasn't he? What part of Illinois? Chicago, right? Yeah! I did know that. I did remember that. Okay. I did remember that. And he had like a business up here and it failed. And that's kind of why he got into the drawing and stuff, right? I don't know, Elizabeth. You tell me. I feel like I remember Julie Andrews telling me that in the video. No, the no, girl, that wasn't the video. That was when we had a morning tea with her the other day. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Because you forget. I just discussed how I'm moving, and so, like, days are just running into years right now. You don't, you don't remember that whole song and dance we performed with her? You don't remember the several cups of hot blistering tea she made for us with a little brandy in it and it wasn't a good combination and then she just said just a spoonful of brandy makes the pain go away (laughs) (laughs) i do remember this now that you're i think the brandy got to me that day and i just thought it was all a dream and then she said a spoonful of sugar too but it wasn't sugar crystal meth no she made a snort it (laughs) okay (laughs) just a snort of sugar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, let's just, I don't know where I'm going with this. And then she flew that. away. Uh, and then she flew away with her umbrella, and we were just we. It didn't phase us because we couldn't tell if this was actually happening or not. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call us junkyard divas for nothing. <laughs> well, anyway, so this is supposed to be our Disney series and not about drugs. So <laughs> let's just talk about Walt Disney. <laughs> okay, so. Like Elizabeth had just said, Walt Disney was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1901. So a very long time ago. So his early life, he was the fourth son in his family. So when Walt was an infant, he and his family moved to Missouri. The town they moved to is guessed to have been inspiration and the model for Main Street USA at Disneyland. He later took classes at the Kansas City Art Institute and School of Design. 
1917, the Disneys moved back to Chicago and Walt entered in McKinley High School, which I know where that school is, where he took photographs, made drawings for the school paper and studied cartooning on the side. He was hopeful that he would eventually become a cartoonist for a newspaper. His progress was interrupted by World War One, in which he participated as an ambulance driver for the American Red Cross in France and Germany, which is interesting. Uh, before I jump into when he left Chicago, so this was one of the fun facts I learned when I was in uh, college because I studied film and I studied animation my final few years and my history of animation professor told this really fun story about Walt Disney that I don't know if I've ever told you Liz maybe I have over the years but maybe I haven't but Walt Disney while he was in Chicago he had a route he was like a delivery person I think it was like a paper route kind of thing like you deliver papers to businesses he would take a horse to each stop so he would just ride a horse to each location and when he so where the merchandise mart is now um before that it was something else and he his horse escaped him so once he got off the horse he was delivering papers and the horse started taking off running so walt went after him and he eventually caught up to the horse because the horse kept stopping at every stop because he knew the routine so every time the horse went to one of the locations to deliver like they did every day the horse would just stop and then start running again and stop at the next place they would always go to and then run and stop. So Walt eventually caught up to him, <laughs> uh, which is kind of a fun story. That is pretty funny. So returning to Kansas City in 1919, he found occasional employment as a draftsman and inker in commercial art studios where he met Ub Iwerks, who became a well-known cartoonist and artist. But at this time, he was a young artist whose talents contributed greatly to Walt's success, early success. So Disney and Iwerks started a small studio of their own in 1922 and acquired a secondhand movie camera with which they made one and two minute long animated advertisement films for distribution to local movie theaters. They also did a series of animated cartoon sketches called Laughograms and a pilot film for a series of seven minute fairy tales that combined both live action and animation, which was extremely pioneering for the early 20s. And the combination of live action and animated short films was called Alice in Cartoonland. A New York film distributor cheated the young producers and Disney was forced to file for bankruptcy in 1923. After that, he moved to California to pursue a career as a cinematographer. But the surprise success of his first Alice film compelled Disney and his brother Roy to reopen shop in Hollywood. So Hollywood at this time was not what Hollywood it was not what you think of Hollywood today. Like in the 20s, it was booming. But it, the 20s is the decade that Hollywood really started to take off. So with his brother Roy as his business manager, Disney resumed the Alice series, persuading iWorks to join him and assist with the drawings of the cartoons. They invented a character called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. That's who I was thinking of, was Oswald. Yay. In 1927, just before the transition to sound and motion pictures, Disney and Iwerks experimented with a new character, a cheerful, energetic, and mischievous mouse. <laughs> we know him as Mickey now, but originally his name was Mortimer Mouse. I did know that. Before any any like short film with Mickey came out, though, it was always Mickey, but his wife hated the name Mortimer and she came up with Mickey. Mm. So the first two short films that they planned with Mickey was called The Plain Crazy and Galloping Gaucho. So after the success and the excitement of adding sound to film, Disney quickly produced a third Mickey Mouse cartoon equipped with voices and music called Steamboat Willie. 
So people think Steamboat Willie is the first Mickey Mouse short, but it's actually the third. But it's the first with sound. So in a way, they're half right. So when Steamboat Willie premiered in 1928, it was a hit and a sensation. People went absolutely crazy for it. The following year, Disney started a new series called Silly Symphonies with a short picture called The Skeleton Dance, which I'm sure you've seen before because I remember watching it like on my VHS cassettes of Mickey Mouse shorts. And for some reason, Mickey... I don't remember if Mickey really was in this sketch, but it was like just like a little song and dance number with skeletons. So that series, The Silly Symphonies, also found critical acclaim and also was a sensation with people because I think at that time, it wasn't about people being easily entertained. I mean, this is imagine seeing drawings come to life the way Disney did it for the first time. Nobody else was doing it at that time, really. There were a couple other animation studios that came into the frame but it wasn't on disney's level and it wasn't as well known as disney's level the growing popularity of mickey mouse and his girlfriend elizabeth i mean Minnie mouse (laughs) attested to the public's taste for the fantasy of little creatures with the speech skills and personality traits of human beings and fun fact do you know who played mickey mouse's voice until 1947 it was disney himself wasn't it you are correct elizabeth a plus Thanks. I remembered something from that tea with Julie Andrews. Yeah. Oh, she's flying back in, girl. Uh, oh, I have to pause the show for. Oh, she blew past the house. The wind took her. Okay. <laughs> this popularity led to the invention of other animal characters, such as Donald Duck, Pluto, and Goofy. I've met all of them. Cock yeah, so have I. <laughs> Uh, In 1933, Disney produced a short called The Three Little Pigs, which arrived in the midst of the Great Depression and took the country by storm. (laughs) I I just picture people going apeshit in the theater watching these animated shorts, just like (laughs) flashing boobies and doing cartwheels. And well, it was probably the only form of like happiness that a lot of them had because it was during the Great Depression. So that's a little bit about Walt's early days before we saw the invention, I guess, of full-length animated films. So from all of that, what do you kind of think of, I know it's very like brief, but what do you think of Walt Disney in his early days? Do you think he was beyond his time and pioneering, or do you think he wasn't? I don't know why you think he wasn't, but what do you think of him? (laughs) I definitely think he was pioneering. He was definitely a man before his time. And, like, you can see that, especially, like, once we get into, like, the actual making of the animation films. Like, they invented the things to make these. So, like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like this was already there and they were just making their own version of it. They invented the first stuff to make these movies and make these shorts and everything else. So, definitely was a man before his time, especially in a time when, like... The Great Depression, everybody is kind of focusing more on trying to find a job just in general, not in trying to start a j- career and start a company based on like art. Most people were right. trying to think more, not to say like practical, but practical because, you know, everybody's kind of suffering and not very well off right now. So it's, he was definitely a man before his time. Yep, I agree. So over the course of Disney's career, he produced more than 100 feature films. His first full-length animated film was Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. 
So Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, to me, is one of the most beautifully animated films of all time. And it, it's also one of the most incredible films ever made because the detail and the artistry that was put into that film has always blown me away because it's the 30s. So you don't have these computers. You don't have the technology we have today to create such masterful filmmaking and such masterful animated films. So for me, it's like the detail, like when Snow White's looking into the wishing well and the ripples of water that go by, it's just like incredible how they pulled that film off for the time. Yeah. In my opinion, it was all hand drawn and everything. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you could add the effects. You literally had to draw those effects out. Yeah. And the quality, because if you watch like the three little pigs and then you watch Snow White, you see the big leap of transformation from like they did a great job animating the three little pigs but the artwork in snow white is just like 10 times more incredible mm-hmm. and snow white was a massive success um, it premiered in los angeles on december 21st 1937 it produced an unimaginable at the time 1.499 million dollars in spite of the great depression and won eight oscars This led Walt Disney to complete another string of full-length animated films over the next five years. So before we jump into the next few films, what do you think of the success of Snow White and why do you think maybe the success happened the way it did? I definitely think it's because it was something that they had never seen before. Like this was the first movie of its kind. And I think because of the fact that they had so much success with like the shorts and people loved those, they were going to go see that movie. Like, they all love the short. Why wouldn't they love the longer version of it? We're we're a people who like to see new things. Like, we like to, we're spectators. We love to watch new inventions and all this. And I think because we're all fascinated by it. And mm-hmm. so I think anything kind of like that, whether it was him doing it or somebody else was going to be successful. And that's why like even the Pixar years with the Toy Story and stuff, those films took years too, because whenever you implement a new animation style, it's going to take a long time to master it. And that's why it's incredible. They were able to produce films so fast the way they were able to in the early days of Disney. So like with Pixar, I don't know if you remember, but Like the first Toy Story film was 95 and the next Pixar was 98, which was A Bug's Life. So it took like, I honestly, I think it took maybe like a total of six years at that time to fully get a film done. So they had multiple teams working on animated films for Pixar. But now it's like they can get those cranked out way faster because the computers can render the animation footage much more quickly than they could in the 90s. So for... (laughs) the 30s to do a film without any technology and only nine people animating the film i think i think that's just that that's mind-blowing to me it's crazy to think about so with the creation of snow white and the seven dwarves while disney was still very much in charge he functioned more as the chief coordinator and final decision maker for the film rather than a designer and an artist the people that handled the animation for Snow White and also a lot of the early Disney animated films was a group of men called the Nine Old Men. So the Nine Old Men consisted of nine old men <laughs> called, uh, some of them weren't really that old, but most of them actually weren't really that old. I think they got the name from later on um, yeah, when they were, they were actually like older. older. Yeah, but these are like 
the defining animators in like animation history. So it consisted of Les Clark, Mark Davis, Milt Call, Ward Kimball, Eric Larson, John Lausenberry, Wolfgang Redderman, Frank Thomas, and Ollie Johnston. And I just have a little fun fact about my own artwork is with the book series I've been writing, which I don't really talk about on here, but I've been writing a book series for a long time. And my main character's name, I got the name Ollie from Ollie Johnston, the animator, because when I was in one of my animation classes, we were discussing Ollie Johnston and Frank Thomas, and I was reading through their book that they have. I was so like inspired by them that I gave the protagonist in my book series the name Ollie after Ollie Johnston. So that's where I got my name for my main character in my books. So these nine old men had animated the films from Snow White all the way to the Rescuers in the 70s. So they were around for a while with Disney. So about almost 40 years, they would animate these films. After the success of Snow White, we saw the films Pinocchio in 1940, Dumbo in 1941, and Bambi in 1942. Also Fantasia came out in 1940 as well. So I think with these films, you we have to remember this was World War II times. And I think a lot of people needed hope and escape and fantasy in their lives. And I think Disney provided that for people. And I think that's why he was such a hit on top of bringing a new form of film to people. And a musical too. I think musicals make people happy in general. So I think if Disney started in any other era with animated films it would have been a success but i think with the lack of hope people had during world war ii just coming off of the great depression i think people you know needed these films to escape so uh, we're going to continue this conversation on friday but you know what before we do that i got some fun facts about walt disney i can share with you elizabeth yes disney was hell-bent on creating a feature-length animated film snow white despite everyone's doubt so everybody in hollywood is like yeah you can't do that they had no faith in him. Some in Hollywood even referred to this project as Disney's folly. Then everybody shut up once the movie premiered and they made a buttload of money. Walt Disney received more Academy Awards and nominations than anyone else. Between 1932 and 1969, he won a total of 22 Academy Awards and was nominated 59 times. Shit. Okay, so this is kind of smart of Walt at the time. I mean, it kind of was unfair to the other animators and other animated studio animation studios at the time. Mm-hmm. But Disney had patented Technicolor for two years. So Technicolor was honestly where you could add color to films at the time, live action and animated. So Disney held the patent for Technicolor for two years, making him the only animator allowed to make color animated films. That is smart, but also mm. kind of a dick move. <laughs> So Walt Disney's favorite character was Goofy. So this one's kind of sad. Disney films are famous for their absentee mothers from Pinocchio to the Jungle Book. Many believe this trend was the result of Disney's guilt and anguish over his own mother's death. After the success of Snow White, Disney purchased a new home for his parents. A broken heating system resulted in his mother's death from carbon monoxide poisoning. (gasps) That's so sad. So a lot of people think... That's, That's why amazing. Walt Disney also played the role of Peter Pan in a school play as a kid. <laughs> That's crazy. Full circle moment there. Disneyland employees and now Disney World employees only have their first name on their name tags because Walt Disney despised being called Mr. Disney. 
Really? I wonder if that's because it was his technically his, you know, how people are like, Mr. Disney's my dad. Call me so-and-so. So I wonder if that's why. Shortly before Walt Disney passed away in the 60s, Disney had plans to build a ski resort. The Walt Disney Company ended up deciding to move forward with the Disney World plans instead, which was smart. <laughs> yeah. Disney, unfortunately, is not cryogenically frozen, despite the persistent rumors. He was cremated and his ashes were buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. So, Elizabeth, stop with the conspiracy theories. You know I can't, no matter what. Some people think he's cryogenically frozen under Pirates of the Caribbean. I've heard that rumor. And he kept his housekeeper a wealthy woman because every year for Christmas she was given stock in the company. By the time she died, her shares of stock were worth over $9 million. Shit. And Disney's favorite princess was Cinderella. Hmm. So those are some fun facts, and that's just a little brief history of the early days of Walt Disney. And we'll talk more on Friday about Walt Disney. Yes. So did you learn anything? No. I did. You liar. No, I did. I don't know a whole lot about, like, the animators and stuff like that. Yeah, and we could actually go into, like, four episodes of the history of animation just in general. Oh, so, for sure. But to keep it brief, I, I wanted to cut it down a little bit. So now Elizabeth is going to be a housekeeper because she's going to try to get shares in stock for a major company. Seriously, that sounds like a great gig. Yeah. So that's part one of Walt Disney. Uh, part two is this Friday. We're going to discuss way more on Walt Disney. But before we go, Elizabeth, have anything to say? You know. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for tuning in for all these episodes. we got plenty of more great episodes coming up your way. So be on the lookout. Because we're doing lots of hot girl shit this year. So Yeah. No more sitting here with barbecue sauce on our titties. We doing some fun shit. Hell yeah. But I gotta go because Julie Andrews blew back towards my house, so I gotta go catch her with a big butterfly net. Yeah, you better get her because she's just gonna keep wrapping around that house. Alright, well, we'll see you Friday. See you Friday. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Bye.